Alrighty. Camp in the car. Camp in a car. Can't even get a ride. Uh, look, it was such a huge weekend of rugby league. I know there are a lot of people, you know, Tigers fans, Dogs fans, Cowboys fans, Drag. Uh, well, we've already spoken about Dragons. Um, I know there are a lot of teams that people were hoping to hear my thoughts on the situation because it is quite dire. Uh, Bulldogs. I think I mentioned Bulldogs. Anyway, so, you know what? I thought, I'm currently driving from Brisbane to Sydney, and you're thinking, Beak, what is doing? Why are you driving from Brisbane to Sydney? The reason why I'm driving is because the, the wife wanted to move houses in a quite, let's just say, condensed time. Uh, because obviously we're having a baby and we wanted a, we needed a little bit bigger place, but being in the middle of Sydney is way too expensive. And so we've, we've moved a bit further out and uh, I've got my car, my, my old car, it's on its last legs or close to its last legs. So if I'm going to be commuting about you know 45 minutes to an hour a day, then obviously I need a newer car that's going to help me um, yeah, make the drive easier and, and more enjoyable so, so I don't roll into the bloke filthy, blowing up at everything. Uh, and boys, and for the three girls that listen, no, all the girls are not, but for the girls that listen, they'd know and they don't get it. But like just with rugby league, and that's going to be the theme of Kemper the Car, admin. And just like a rugby league club, if the admin at home isn't good, bloke's not good. Happy wife happy life boys so if mrs beak isn't happy you aren't getting the best beak so we keep mrs beak happy we keep her happy and then you get great content that's the deal i think i'm pretty sure uh anyway let's get into it let's get into it so let's get into the we'll go we'll go cowboys v the tigers talk about tigers first because i know there's probably a lot of people that are hoping to just hear thoughts and you know where do we go from here as a club and all that kind of stuff. Now, I want to start it all by saying the players have to take responsibility for the way they play. They absolutely do. There is no uh, shying away from that fact. There's no shying away from that fact. But anyone that's listened for bloke to bloke for quite a while will know that I have said that I have concerns about the admin for a substantial amount of time. A substantial amount of time. Now, under this new admin, since taking over, it's been incredibly unsuccessful. No finals footy. Uh, I think the first year was 15th, but you can you can wipe that away because obviously they're inheriting all the roster. They improved slightly. They got to ninth, essentially under Ivan Cleary, and then one year under Michael Maguire. And then ever since then, it's been a slide all the way to looking like they may win back-to-back spoons. And my concern at the moment for the West Tigers is, is there's only been one constant through all of this. Roster changes have happened, you know, coaches have come and gone, and it hasn't changed anything at the club. The club is still in, no, actually, you know what? It's it's actually gotten worse. There was a period of ninth that was the best he's went. It's actually gotten worse. And I don't mean adminism like, you know, the people that work at the club. I'm talking about the people that make the big decisions. You know, me personally, like, let's say a bloke wasn't going well, I, I would have to take responsibility for that. You know, if, if, if bloke was struggling, that's my responsibility. It doesn't matter what the player, people underneath me are doing. It's my direction that is leading bloke. And so I just think that with this result on the weekend, yeah, for sure, there were some shocking performances. Absolutely shocking performances. But the environment there, it just does not look like an environment that's going to cultivate the best rugby league 
from the players. It's like any working environment. If you're in a workplace that is good, that has high standards but keeps everyone happy, everyone knows this at work. You get more job, you get more work done, and you're you're just better at what you do. Whereas at other workplaces where it is just like you know rocking up is just not the best, you don't get any more work done, and you eventually want to leave because you just don't like it. You're not happy, and I just think that that's the concern there's just a club I mean heading into this week for a club that shouldn't be any instability you know everything had been sorted big calls had been made Tim Sheen's brought in brought in Benji Marshall takes over as coach Robbie Farris coaches part of the coaching staff there were dramas this week of you know Scott uh, Fulton sorry being um, you know recruited as head of recruitment without even speaking to the coaching staff and it's like, it's just bizarre. Like, how does that even happen? And then how does it get into the papers? How does it get reported on? It's just, if you want an example of a disconnect, there is your example. Like, the fact that you're not speaking to the head coaches in Benji. So basically, you've got the head coach, Tim Sheens, Benji, minimum next five years. That's the plan in the next five years. So wouldn't they be the first people you speak to in recruitment because they are going to be telling you what direction they want their playing roster to be? And I think we saw the first kind of, the first scalp of it, Luke Brooks. I think he was came out and he quoted, and, and please, this is off the dome, but it's I think he was quoted saying that he needed to know by Sunday, they needed to know by Sunday, and it didn't sit well with him or something along those lines. And look, think what you were with Brooks in regards to, you know, the club stuck by him, and, you know, they hadn't played any finals for it. He's been paid all this money. But, like, it's just an example of this disconnect between the playing group, the coaching, and the admin. Uh, and so, even heading into this week, there's all like, this drama off the field when really there should be no drama. There should be no drama. Uh, and you can try and sit there and say they didn't have Happy and Luke Brooks. But, like we speak about on each podcast, defence is all about attitude. You know, some of the guys you bring in are just as good defenders as you know, or mostly as good defenders as first graders. It's just the extra frills that a first grader will have that can, you know, just make them stand out. And, you know, like, just a terrible performance, unfortunately. Um, and, and it's just crazy to think, only four weeks ago, they absolutely towed the Cowboys up and put 66 on them. And so, again, to go from 60 points or whatever it was to a 74-0 loss only way that happens in my opinion is a volatile environment that the players are in because they've recruited well you know they've done really well with recruitment they've got a plan in place so with the Tigers unfortunately I just I mean I just repeat myself what I've been saying for years now I think it, I think it's not the best environment for players to play in and I think that yes they take responsibility for how they play but they are not in this best environment to be the best they can be uh, there was really no good to take away from that game. It is it is truly shocking to see a team beat the Cowboys by 60 points or so, and then four weeks later, or whatever it was, get absolutely demolished. Demolished. Um, so going forward, it just it becomes a massive concern because all of a sudden, a club that went from, okay, finally, stability, Sheens is in, Benji Marshall's the coach, you know, coming up over the next few years and all of a sudden it seems like the club's in unstable again and you go uh oh like are we about to see another implosion 
you know, if you're Benji Marshall, he's come out and said he's, he wants to be the coach in a few years, but do you want to stick around during all of this for the next three years or two years or whatever it is? Then you look to Team Sheens and he'll be almost used as a scapegoat. And like, it, it just can get worse and worse. And with Appy being out for a while, Luke Brooks being out for a while, you know, it's not like they're going to get any help from their key players. It is a really, really concerning time. I tell you what, I say not panic stations yet. Tigers fans, come together. I'll meet you at the panic station because it's time to panic. Put a bit of panic in the disco on and get to chatting because it is the club is in one of the worst positions it's been in in regards to has a good roster with Dallium players in it, even taking out, like, even if you put Appy and Brooks back into the side, they were still on with the spoon earlier in the year. You know, and then there were reports coming out that, you know, Benji Marshall wasn't being listened to, and then their form turned around when reportedly they began to speak to Ben, like, listen to Benji, and, oh, man, oh, man, it is panic stations to the max. Time to panic, boys and girls. Time to panic. Is it weird? I'm talking to myself in a car? Yeah, yeah, it's very strange, very strange. But, you know, the 10 people that listen to this, because I, I'm assuming most people will be like, man, I don't want to listen to talk to the bad audio in a car, just dead and speaking. But hopefully a few Tigers fans uh, enjoy it. Um, where do they go from here? As I said, I truly believe that the admin needs a shake-up right at the top. Unfortunately, for all their success commercially that we hear about, at the end of the day, it's not converting into winning on the field. So at some point, you have to ask yourself, are we a business or are we a rugby league club trying to win a bit of rugby league? Uh, now, you need a business to run, for sure. You don't want to be losing money, for sure. But you also don't want to be a club that is putting business before rugby league because the people that got you there in the business, the fans, the, the, the number one part, part of your club, they will slowly trickle away until eventually the business that you say is doing really well, I mean, who's going to want to go to the Tigers now? How are they going to sign anyone? It, it, is, it is looking dire, extremely dire. And it also, you know, the timing is really strange. There were like reports that you know, Schuster may be going to the Tigers, and we know that Schuster and Fulton have a really good relationship. And then Brooks signs with Manly, and it's like, did something strange happen there? Was there supposed to be a swap, but then it didn't even occur, and Brooks left anyway? Again, this is just pure speculation. There is no, it's just the timing of it all. It's just bizarre. Uh, yeah, so changes need to be made. Yes, there's been success in regards to the business side of the venture. But there's got to be a middle ground. Like, surely you can still have... Like, for example, let's say the admin right now are really good at business. Okay, sweet. Keep them there, and their sole role is to take care of the business side. Then you bring in someone else that's sole role is to take care of the rugby league side. Surely that's an easy answer. It's just... Rugby league, you get an F... A zero. Like if a player was playing like this for this long in any old club, he wouldn't get re-signed. He wouldn't get re-signed, unfortunately. And so, if there is so much success in business, separate the two. You have a CEO of the business side. You have, you know, the head of rugby league, and then you have a potentially for the big decisions. You do it at a board level. 
Uh, now, you might say, well, that's like, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And I think that the rugby league department, and maybe Fulton is that guy, but again, he sh- they should have spoken to Benji and uh, Tim about that before they, they brought someone in. So, look, Tigers fans, it's tough times, tough times, and there's really not much positive to look out outside of the fact that Happy returns, you've got a decent roster, Buller is good, um, you've got some good young players that need some good coaching, uh, but at the moment, it's just a really, really dark time for the club, really, really dark and sad after so much hype, so much good stuff on the off-season, and then, boom, here we are. On to the Cowboys, the Cowboys, holy shit, holy shit, holy schnitz. Holy, sh- holy schnitz! What is doing on the opposite on the opposite side? Like, yeah, for sure, Tigers were terrible, but some of those tries from the Cowboys were absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I like the offloading, the footwork, the Scotty Drinkwater. Oh my God, those baby blues—they won't quit. He was floating across the field. He was seriously floating across the field. Dearden. Dearden with the baby bearing hips. Strongest hips in the game. His hips, honestly, best core, strongest hips in the game. They don't lie. He must have grown up listening to Shakira. Hips don't lie. Great song. Just quietly. Might listen to it on my drive to Sydney. Uh, the, the Cowboys, they're back. They're back. And what's crazy is, you know, Tamalolo was, was solid, but he wasn't there, you know, they wasn't relying solely on him. Um... What a turnaround. What a turnaround. And I think, you know, if I had to guess, maybe, not to say like, oh, I was right or whatever, but maybe there was something to the fact that they either had too hard of a preseason or not a big enough preseason. Because that's what it looked like at the start of the season. Now they've got match fitness. Now they're all ready to go. They're firing, explosive, great in contact. And we're seeing an unbelievably good rugby league side. Beat Penrith. Beat the Storm. Absolutely destroyed the Tigers. I mean, they are. I think they're back. Like I think they're really back, and I think I'd be shocked if they aren't in the eight. I'd be shocked if they aren't. For example, and it might seem strange because the Sharks are sitting third, but like right now, I I probably have more. I'm probably leaning towards Cowboys. Um, You know, and and it sounds unfair because the Sharks are sitting third and they've worked their asses off. But you know, we know their problems. Whereas this version of the Cowboys. Genuinely looks like it can take it to anyone. Take it to anyone. Um, so, look, am I saying they're a premiership threat at the moment? No, not yet. Am I saying that they'll? I see them definitely playing finals footy right now. Well, not definitely because you never know what happens in rugby league. But I'd be, I'd be very surprised if they don't make the eight, the type of footy that they're playing. They're very like Scotty Drinkwater is just hitting his straps really, really. Again, we've spoken about it so many times. This was Billy Slater's replacement. Let that sink in. Melbourne Storm identified him as Billy Slater's replacement. It was only a torn peck. And then obviously Hughes came in, played really well. Obviously Pappenhausen played really well. That Scotty Drinkwater, 
fell down the pecking order and then went to the Cowboys. We are starting to see why, because the silkiness of this kid, now he's uh, you know 18th man for New South Wales, who knows what could happen next year. He was outstanding in since coming back. Oh my God, absolute beast, absolute beast. Like he's playing better right now than his Dally M year. That's how good he's playing. It is just so good to watch. Tommy did. He is another player that, you know, how crazy is it to think that there was a period of the Broncos where people thought that he wasn't a first grader? Again, I guess the theme of today's, of Kemp in the car, Kemp in a car, uh, is admin. And, and also, like, you know, getting good environments to, to bring the best out of the player. Now, granted, the Broncos' environment has tra- changed drastically. But clearly, did it goes to a good environment under Toddy Payton. And he is just phenomenal. Like, right now, he's the Form 6 of the comp. Form 6 of the comp. It is just, you know, and, and I personally, I know some people disagree, but I reckon, I really reckon that he could play 7 long term. I think he's got it in him. And I think he'd be a really dangerous seven in this fast-paced footy because of how strong his footy, how strong his uh, running game is. Good, solid kicking game. His ball playing is getting better and better. We've seen some great long cutouts, some great short balls. Um, defense, we know that. Heaps of ticker. Heaps of ticker. Loves a big game. I mean, I think the Cowboys have absolutely landed a gem in uh, the great deer and baby bearing hips. Strongest hips in the game. Seriously, unbelievable, immovable. Those hips are immovable. If he just stood there, you wouldn't be able to. He's like a statue. Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, the Cowboys. What an incredible win, and they are back. They are back. I will be very, very surprised if they drop off again. Very surprised. Um, what else have we got? All right, let's get to Knights and the Dogs. We'll talk about doggies first. Yeah, look. How disappointing that a year that started with so much promise has turned into a year where there's an argument to be made they're in a worse position than they were last year at this time. Uh, now, obviously, kick our out and they've had all their outs and all their injuries for sure, for sure, and they've recruited better. But the argument of like right now, as a team, if this Bulldogs was going to play round 18 Bulldogs of last year, Maybe round 18 wins. Obviously, we all know the Bulldogs are building towards the future, but that's a harsh reality to face. I mean, I think we all thought they'd be a bit more progressive than, than they currently are. You know, Seraldo is, is interesting because I think, and, and a lot of ex-assistant coaches at the Storm and the Roosters make this mistake. Well, and look, maybe it's not this. Maybe it's not this. This is just outside looking in, pure speculation. But I think he might be making the mistake of thinking he has Penrith standard youth at the Bulldogs. Now, how often do we see ex-Melbourne Storm coaches and ex-Roosters coaches go to a new club and they try to bring Storm standards to uh, the new club or or Roosters standards? I mean, ironically, the guy across from him, Adam O'Brien, I think it's something that he struggled with. I think he actually admitted it, I think. He struggled going to the Knights seeing that, it, you know, it's different to the Roosters. It's not the same. You don't have the same rosters and resources or whatever. I'm pretty sure he might have said something about that. Uh, and this was years ago. And so I think Seraldo might be, you know, like, for example, uh, putting Rajab and 
uh, Alamotti, Kiraz, all on one edge. You know, Rajab, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm, I'm, this is all off the dome, guys, so I've got no notes to kind of uh, remember. But Rajab, like, he is the perfect 14. And I just think that, like, why start the kid at six when you've got this guy that's a great 14, you can just blood him into first grade, ease him in just perfectly. There's a few minutes, like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 30 minutes there, wherever. Fill different positions, do his job. But to start him at six, out with Alamotti, another debutant in his debutant year, and Kiraz played first grade for two years as well. I just, I just don't know if that was the right call. And I think when I see something like that happen, we know Seraldo can coach. We know he can coach. But when I see something like that happen, I go, if he did that with a Panthers player, sorry, a Panthers youth that's been in that Panthers system for a while, probably kills it. Probably kills it. That's how good the production line is in, in Penrith and the systems. And so I, that's what made me wonder, like, is he is he making the mistake of going, well, you know, I trust the youth, I'm really good with younger players, and I'm good at bringing them through, rather than realising that, you know, the dog's youth is, is and systems are not as good as Penrith right now. Um, you know, and I, I look at up front and I go, okay, they got rid of Vaughan, he was a veteran. I was surprised when they got rid of Vaughan, I thought he was really good forward in the middle there. He wasn't set in the world alive by any stretch, but experience matters or something. Obviously, they've lost Luke Thompson for essentially the year. They're most, one of their most experienced forwards. To eat up Hangar Jr., unfortunately, for the price tag he's on, he's just not even on the field enough to, 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 to even impact it. So, you know, Seraldo really not using him for longer minutes. Um, and so you look at the roster, and yeah, there's a lot of injuries, and they've gone through a lot, but I think that Seraldo hopefully... You know, can kind of adjust the way he's thinking. Um, and look, they could turn it around and this could all just be a blip on the radar because we have to remember for the first 10 rounds, there was a lot of fight in this doggy side and it looked like there was a real turnaround. Even though they didn't get all the wins they you thought, there was a lot of fight. And so they, that could happen again. They could turn around and by the end of the season, we could be like, all right, blip on the radar, mid-season, a lot of tired legs. Um, but if it doesn't, I think a balance between like, yeah, there's a lot of great things you can bring from Penrith, Penrith, but maybe adjusting to the current system that he's in. Um, Plus also, I do think it's becoming pretty clear that he needs to bolster his coaching staff um, defensively. I think defensively the dogs, you know, just don't look as strong as you would hope they would look. We know Seraldo, master attacking coach. We know that he was so, he's so key in you know, uh, Nathan Cleary's game and all that. We, we know that for sure. But I think maybe his coaching staff, a bit of support with defence, uh, might be, you know, maybe it's a time thing. He's got maybe a, a new assistant coach there that is learning his ways or maybe, you know, if they bring in some more people defensively. Um, because at the, at the Penrith Panthers, like, their whole game is built on defence. So really, really disappointing performance by the Bulldogs, you know, doesn't matter that you've got this many players out. At the end of the day, you've got an NRL jersey on, representing a proud club. And it just, there was no energy around the ruck. There was no speed around the ruck. The, the urgency literally came in the last 10 minutes. Then they looked like there was a bit of urgency. I just didn't see much urgency from the doggies. Um, yeah, so, look, how, you know, 
very disappointing that the year started off with so much hope and now it's turned into a, I wouldn't say it's a disaster. I don't think they're in the same position the Tigers are in, but, you know, not where they really wanted to go, like, not really where they want to be at, for sure. I thought they'd be a bit further along. And you have to, you know, you have to juxtapose or, I guess, reflect on the Warriors, for example. I know they lost on the weekend, but when you look at Seraldo and his kind of recruitment and, and, and the direction he went in and the way he's playing and everything, but then you compare it to Webster, I think Webster identified that he understood the Warriors don't have the youth that the Penrith have. I mean, they do have the youth in New Zealand for sure, but they're not at the club. Um, and so he, what he did was understood that and said, I need to go out and sign a bunch of battlers that are just experienced heads that are going to buy into a game plan and be gritty and tough. And I think that may be... And it's showing that he is he is not just bringing Penrith Rugby League to the Warriors. He's meeting them halfway. He's bringing everything he learned at Penrith, but also he's understanding that the roster's just not the same. Uh, whereas, obviously, you look at the Bulldogs and you've got Reed Marnie, young gun, gritty, tough as anything... But then outside of that, you've got Kikau, who obviously was at the Penrith Panthers. You've got Critter at the Penrith Panthers. Relatively, you've got Hayes Perham, who is a relatively young fullback. Alamonte makes his debut. He's been solid, but struggled a little bit recently. Kira's relatively young. Avarillo relatively young. Um, I think the Fox was at the club before. Yeah, he was at the club before Seraldo got there. Uh, in the forwards, like I'm looking for old school gritty forwards. I'm, I, I can't really think of any that are starting front rowers or, you know, even a 13 position. And so I just think he might need to go into the market for a gritty four pack. He's, the four pack needs a lot of work at the Bulldogs, I think. Um, and hopefully the current players can grow into that, but may need to buy an experienced head to help teach the younger fellas, you know, what they need to do. On to the Knights. What a win. And, you know, this is exactly what I was hoping they would do last week. You know, coach's job is on the line. They've got an opportunity to really show what they're about. And they didn't last week. This week they did. And it's a real positive for the club that you can see them reacting to to that very fact. Kalen Ponga was absolutely outstanding. And I love the fact that it seems like, after last week's quiet game, it seems like... He's inching closer and closer to the leader that Newcastle need him to be. You know, kicking 11 from 11, he was in everything. I think it was a masterstroke putting Hastings on Ponga's side. If I'm being honest, I, I probably would have put it a lot earlier. Uh, Tyson Gamble, good solid six in regards to if you don't have much depth in that roster, but doesn't necessarily have the footy now to get KP in the right spots. Um, and look, to be fair, in, in Gamble's defence and, you know, uh, Hastings, uh, Kalen was the six for most of the year, or a lot of the year. He's only been fullback for four or five weeks, but credit where credit's due, whether it was, you know, four rounds ago or now, Adam O'Brien putting Hastings on KP's dominant side. Like, sometimes you go, everyone knows KP's left side is just unbelievable. So you go, oh, the defence is just going to be so switched on to that that I shouldn't do the obvious. We should get KP both sides and even it out and, you know, all that. And for sure, like, if you can build towards that, totally agree, totally agree. But at the same time, you don't want to, I guess, you don't want to dilute 
your strength, and your strength is incredibly strong left side attack. And Hastings and KP were outstanding on the weekend. I mean, look, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, one of his best games in a long time. Phoenix Crossland, what a game from him. And, like, you know, I know there's a bit of jokes around Phoenix and, you know, he's a battler. He's only 22 years old. I think 21 or 22. He's a half that has been forced into nine because of what's happened with Brayley. And, like, look... I'm not saying, like, I, look, give him more time there, and maybe he really will develop into what you need at night. He really may, or at least as a 14. Now, he's even come out and said he thinks that he might be a long-term nine and not a half, and he was a gun seven coming through, and so he's fully committed to the role. And, and the one thing with Phoenix Crossland, you know he's having a dig every single week. Might have an error here or there, but you know he's ripping in. And look what happened with Jeremy Marshall King. He was a half, moved into nine, and then now he is just getting better and better each week. Then you go look at Croker at Manly, half, moved into nine, got better with time. And I think Phoenix Crossland may be able to do that on the weekend. I thought it was outstanding. Outstanding. And he's he's a guy you want in your squad because he's going to tackle his ass off and he's going to be willing to learn. And it's it just an amazing win for the Knights. You know, it, it really it showed you the potential of this roster and it showed you I guess the frustration of Knights fans is like you know this roster has has this in them it has this in them it really does uh, that's how good you, you can feel the roster is it, it's a top 8 roster and it should be sitting in the top 8 uh, and I, you know as, as I said earlier I love the fact that KP is really stepping towards that leadership role you know very easy for him to say yeah I'll go back and play Origin he says nah I'm going to you know, give back to the club. I'm going to focus on the club, and not only give back, I'm going to come out and absolutely kill it, uh, and get my team a record win. Really love that from KP, and but there's, I want nothing more than Kalen Ponga to realise everything that he can be because he is truly a superstar of this game. You know, they're so superstars like KP are so important for young kids. You, you cannot put a, a value, a monetary value on how important superstars are, like Kalen Ponga, uh, to the younger generation coming through. You know, they need your pin-up boy to, to aspire to, to be like, I want to be like Kalen. I mean, what what else did we see on the weekend? KP, Wax. We saw KP, Wax back. KP, Wax, he was back. Wax and blokes. I reckon, I look at his body, and I reckon he might have lost a kilo of to a muscle mass because he's moving much better than he was early in the season. And maybe that's just, you know, more running in his legs. But... You know, him a little bit... I like him lighter. I like him lighter. I don't need him to be big. Look, even if his defensive fullback isn't great, but, like, I'm not a big component. Like, yes, you want your fullback to do as best he can in defence, but if that if that fullback is so, so good in attack, I, I'm more, more of the mind of, like, as long as he throws his body at the, you know, player that's made a break... That's as much as I'm happy, like, happy with, to a degree. Like, obviously, you want him to make the tackles. But if you're going to make him lose a bit of speed and footwork because you're worried about defensive fullback, and I know they didn't do this, he was doing it for 5'8", but other fullbacks as well, I say it's not worth the trade-off. Stay small and quick like Scotty Drinkwater and Reese Walsh. Don't, don't trade away that for an extra one try-saving tackle every two weeks, in my opinion. Not even two weeks, every three weeks. Uh, you know, so really, really good stuff. Adam Elliott had impact. Uh, Bradman Best was outstanding. 
and you know he's got his call into Origin, and you know as I said on the podcast earlier, I I didn't I probably would have had a few guys ahead of him and um, in, in the pecking order, but it is it is what it is. He has been playing good footy in the last month. He has been selected, so you don't want to you don't want to go poorly. You want you want to go mad. Like if he goes and kills it, how good's that? Like that's like great. He's an excitement machine, and like. Sometimes, I mean, how often we see Queensland have these random selections and boom, they just nail it. And so, who's to say Bradman Best can't be that? Who's to say he can't? Uh, and he's been great. He's been really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, with the Knights, really, really good win. Uh, now, just some more little thoughts on Origin. Uh, it was in a rush, so we didn't get to it. But Junior Bowler dropped. I, I cannot believe that. I cannot, like, I am mind blown. Junior Bolo has gone from a mainstay, essentially starting front rower, if not off the bench, to like three three or four front rowers in front of him. I did, I, I've not watched a, an Origin, many Origins, where I've felt Junior Bolo hasn't played solidly. Very, very strange. Again, like, I'm, I'm looking at this New South Wales side, I'm going, what was their forward pack's job to win field position? They did it in both games. So I'm not understanding Junior gone, Hudson Young gone, Frizzell to a degree because he's a little bit older, you give a younger guy the chance. Stefano not given another chance. Um, very, very strange. Very strange. I'm, I'm not, I definitely don't agree with Junior Bowler being dropped. It doesn't, yeah, it really doesn't make much sense. You know, when you, even in the centres, like, in regards to who I thought was up next, it was. You know, you've got Staggs for another crack. You've got um, Matty Burton that's done it. To be honest, if I'm not going Burton, I probably would have gone Tungle. Like, I really would have. And, and I know there would have been a bit of uproar because there have been Crichton, Tungle, you know, Penrith players being selected and there's been this really anti-Penrith kind of sentiment. You know, unfairly so. It's not the players' fault that they've chose to play as Penrith kind of footy. But I think, like, when you look, you can't really take that into consideration when you're selecting you should just select the team that you think is you know yeah well I mean he clearly has you know Bradman Best and you know in regards to the physicality of origin Bradman Best is made for that that's for sure but yeah definitely uh, surprising in regards to the centres Cookie starting maybe it's because Murray's 13 and Walker is 6 so I get it to a degree but I didn't mind the idea of Reese Robson going 20 and then bringing Cookie on um Gutho, stoked for Gutho, like stoked for it, but just unsure of how where he's going to play. Like, like what is he going to come on and play ten in the middle? I, I'm just unsure on that. I'm really unsure on that. Um, yeah, Scotty Drinkwater. Uh, I mean, I think that's incredible. His 18th man, a bit strange. Dylan Edwards is is that far down the pecking order in regards to, you know, you probably would have had even though Scott Drinkwater has been. Phenomenal, uh, um, you know, the last this since he's come back, and also probably last season's great too. Um, I think he even came like fifth or sixth in, in Dalian last year. Anyway, but yeah, Dylan Edwards bit bit down the pecking order, which is surprising, and maybe it's a case of a the Penrith thing, and b maybe it's because he's similar to Teddy, and you're struggling to score points with Teddy, so maybe that is it. I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, but. Yeah, definitely some strange selections. Definitely some strange selections that I'm, I probably wouldn't have made. Uh, I would have probably put some other guys there. I probably would have had Burton in centre. I, I really felt he was deserving of it, what he did in the Blues jersey. 
very unlucky not to be utility last game. You know, if Reese Robson wasn't on the bench or Damien Cook wasn't on the bench, I probably would have had Burton at my 14 because he can play essentially anywhere. Uh, but yeah, real interesting, real interesting. What else? Uh, Roosters versus Manly. Look, Roosters looked at, uh, actually a lot better. Uh, I know they had less field position. They lost the penalty count 10-3. So that's tough. You know, always going to be tough losing 10-3. They didn't get, I think, a single six again. But it looked better. They didn't look uh, very potent, though, in attack. They didn't look... Well, to a degree. They got in the good ball, 20-meter zone. They didn't look like they were a good ice as well as in, like, yesteryear. In regards to Manly, look... Good win. A win's a win. It was a gritty win. They hung on. What have we been asking for from Manly is to just be gritty. Just give us some grit, some fight to hang in games, and that's what they did. They hung in. They say they're DCE. Oh, my God. This bloke is playing. He is genuinely the Form 7 of the comp at 34 years old. Without them, like he single-handedly won them that game. He single, like Without his two massive plays, they probably get beaten by a substantial margin. Makes two huge plays, gets the job. I mean, this year, what an incredible turnaround for a bloke where you go five, six years ago, you know, everything, well, a bit longer, but the Titans things happened and, you know, very like Queenslander kind of issues in regards to the fans from Queensland didn't forget it and blah, blah, blah. But I love his story. I love his story. And, you know, he's a guy that because he's so buttoned up in... You know, it's ironic. We complain when players are a bit too loose in interviews, but, you know, DC is so buttoned up that some people say it's hard to, like, get to know who he is. But, you know, he's just being professional. And what I love with these last few years for DC is he's let his footy do the talking and really cement himself and have a history and origin. Like, you know, I would have said a couple of years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember DC as a, a Queensland kind of... Like, Queensland wouldn't be where I remember him. It would be Manly, you know. What he did at Manly, when he, especially when he first started. But now, he's etched his name in Queensland history. He has multiple big plays, including the Cherry Chase. Um, and so he's, like, the way he is playing at this age, it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, in regards to the Roosters, as I said, looked better, but still not where we kind of thought they'd be at. A uh, bit strange decisions, like, you know, I feel for Sandon Smith, but kicking instead of just passing, I thought that was a... I mean, it was a rookie error, and he is a rookie. It's like, so, of course, they make these errors. Um, you know, it wasn't his fault that they were in that position. Like, you can't blame the poor kid that they were in a position where they needed to score right on the, the death. You know, there's 80 minutes of rugby league football to get the job done. So, yeah. Um... In regards to that match, Manly showed grit. Roosters look a bit better, but still probably a bit off where you hope they would be as a Roosters fan. Uh, I'm trying to think, what else? What other game? I'm, I'm, I literally can't touch my phone, so I'm blanking, guys. I apologise. What else do we have? So you had Manly Roosters, Titans Raiders. Oh, yeah, Titans Raiders. Uh, look, a typical Raiders win. Typical Raiders win. Unbelievable. Like, it's like they love this shit. Live and breathe through it. Live and breathe it. Got to say, though, have to talk about the controversial situation. The day for feet and no try was an absolute shocking call. A shocking call. Because not only was it the wrong call, if Fafita 
falls over and dives like we all hate, he gets the penalty. Matter of fact, if that was a bomb and the defender caught it, Fogarty would have got done for an escort. Like, that call was so bad, I, I cannot even, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how you can look at that and not see Fogarty intentionally running across the path of Fafita. And Fafita, like, did the best of both worlds. He barely touched him, and all he was doing was trying to get around him. Like, if you're jockeying the ball, you should be allowed to at least try to get around someone with your hands. Like, they're jockeying. They're they're literally trying to block you. Totally bizarre call. But, you know, I know Titans fans will feel filthy. But to be honest, I think they had 15 errors. You know, even though I'm... Bizarrely, I text all the boys after the match. I said, I know it sounds strange, but I love the direction the Titans are heading in. I actually am really excited. I'm really excited for the next few years for the Titans. Um, but 15 errors, that's what cost you. It wasn't, you know, that call that cost you. It's a 15 errors. If you complete, you know, if you only have six or seven errors, you probably win the game by two tries or something. Uh, in regards to the Raiders, they're just a one hell of a gritty side. When you talk about grit, jeez Louise. Really, really, really good stuff. Um, and they're just that, that you don't want to be playing this kind of side heading into finals footy. Because what do we talk about all the time is like t- finals footy is about defence, it's about grittiness, it's about just fighting for every inch. And Raiders might show up and just do it on you one day. Just just all of a sudden you're in a dogfight. They've got 27 games of dogfights under their belt. You've got fucking three or four. And they, they're experienced. They, they don't lose their head, they don't lose their call, they just go, yeah, sweet, we've been here all year, it's all good, we love this shit, Um, and Fogarty, I mean, hasn't Fogarty come leaps and bounds, and I just love the fact that he's got some footy under his belt, feeling comfortable now, and you can just see his confidence growing week to week, like, to think that in the half span right now, he's having substantially more impact than Jackie White, and and that's a good thing, because A, he's going to be there next year, but B, you know, you don't want to rely on Jackie all the time to to save you. And, and I, I think Fogarty's been outstanding. Really, really good the last couple of weeks. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, the Titans in regards to Tino and Fafita. Look, when I read the article and it was like, oh, Tino and Fafita, they, uh, you know, Tino and Fafita haven't, um, they've got clauses in their contract if Holbrook's gone and they're free agents. I was like, no way. That is 100% not true. Um, But then it said, when they were asked about it at the Titans, they said all contracts are confidential. And I was like, wouldn't you just shoot that down straight away? Like, if that was not true, you'd just immediately say, no, not true. So I'm I'm definitely concerned in regards to the fact that that was a clause. I will say, though, that, you know, they do look happy there. I'd be surprised if Fafita and Tino leave, especially with Desi coming especially with the group they've got there. They're young. Tino's a big part of it. I'd be pretty surprised if they left. I think they look happy. I think they look like they're enjoying their footy. Um, and they understand that they might be on the precipice of being a finals footy side if they stick together. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, boys and girls. Pretty sure. Uh, sorry if I missed a game. I apologise. Hopefully the great Gurino got to it. Uh, but I thought because of such big moments over the weekend, I'll just give it a little... A little yarn, uh, giving my thoughts on it because I know people have been would have been waiting all weekend to kind of get my thoughts on some things. Um, so yeah, there it is.
I'll continue driving and fuck myself by doing it.